Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading. Hello. Welcome along. You've stumbled upon the smartest show in the universe. Well done. It's the world famous Fun Kids Science Weekly. My name is Dan. Thank you for being there. This is the part of the week where we roam around the universe hunting out all of those slithers of science secrets that are lurking nearby. Now, this week on the show, I warn you, it's a stinker. Yeah, in a good way, though. We're talking about smells your smell and why you smell so interesting it turns out that you're friends with people who smell like you we'll find out more with professor inbal ravrabi actually uh, we smell ourselves always and we even sample our hands very frequently uh, when uh, scratching our face a bit uh, or things like that every few minutes and in addition when we uh, shake hands we tend to, to smell our hands afterwards. And we've got a new series on the show this week. It's Amy's Aviation. Amy is our mate and simply she loves flying. She loves looking at how planes take to the sky. Now this week, you can hear all about paper planes. Now crumple the paper into a little ball. Squeeze it as hard as you can and make it as tiny as possible. Now drop it again. Three, two, one. Much quicker, wasn't it? You can't see the air, but you've just seen the effect it has on things. And I've got your questions as always. This week they are on water and trunks, but not the trunks you wear in water. It's on the way in a brand new Fun Kids Science Weekly. Let's start this week with your science in the news. Now, the new Shepard rocket developed by Jeff Bezos, who started Amazon, had to abort a mission mid-flight the other day. It was over Texas, and it experienced what appeared to be a propulsion failure a minute after leaving the ground. Now, sometimes the rocket carries people, but thankfully there were none aboard this time. The motor pushed the capsule away, letting it parachute back to Earth. Now, I think this is brilliant because there have been some awful disasters with rocket takeoff before. Uh, So... That they're building in this mechanism that makes things safe, that makes the rocket know when it shouldn't fly anymore. That is brilliant work from Jeff Bezos's team. Also, wild chimpanzees have their own drumming style, according to scientists. Researchers who have studied them in the rainforests of Uganda have found that the chimps bang out messages uh, as beats on tree roots. They're very individual rhythms, and they tell other chimps what's happening, who's where, where they need to go. And this carries over long distances. This is brilliant, and it's not a surprise, too. We know that us as humans, we're not that far removed from chimps. And the fact that we are finding out they're smarter and smarter just makes me love these creatures even more. And finally, not that good news, the last summer was the hottest on record in Europe, according to satellite data. A series of extreme heat waves saw drought across the continent over the last months, and climate experts say it's been the hottest on record by some distance. Now, this isn't good. We've heard about the climate crisis and about global warming, and the fact that we are seeing this play out year on year, that the world is getting hotter 
um, it means we really do need to think about what we can do. Everyone from big science and corporation right down to what you do every day to help save the world. Let's catch up with Professor Hallux now. Uh, he's one of our favourite geniuses on the show. For the last few months, we've been listening to his different series as he tells us what's going on in our body. Maybe what's up with our lungs or our heart or our mouth, ears, brain. This week, uh, we've started a brand new series, you might remember. It's all about water. It's Hallux's hydration help desk. Uh, we're finding out whether everything should be so important with water or if other drinks count. If you're thirsty, is your body grateful for any drink that you give it? Hallux's hydration help desk. Call accepted. Hello, Professor. My mum's always telling me to drink some more water. What happens if I don't? Gosh, that's a very important question to answer. Let's start by reminding ourselves about two important words, hydration and dehydration, are words which describe how much water things have or don't have. Hydrated? And if you haven't had enough water to drink, we say that you are dehydrated. Thanks, Nanabot. Now, one thing's certain, humans need to be well hydrated to live. You can only survive a few days without a drink. And long before then, your body will start to be affected. You lose water all the time, when you go to the loo and when you sweat. And remember, you sweat more in hot places and when you're exercising hard. Good point. An obvious sign that you're dehydrated is that you feel thirsty. Everyone recognises that feeling, and usually that's when you'll seek out a drink, right? But way before then, as your body begins to run low on water, you might be aware of other symptoms. When you're mildly dehydrated, it gets more difficult to concentrate. Your brain needs water to work properly, and when supplies are running low, it's quickly affected and your mind can wander. Headaches are another way of telling that you need more water. If you feel a headache starting, it's always worth having a big glass of water. You might find that it helps. If you're unlucky and are dehydrated for a long time, you'll notice that your wee gets darker. That's because there isn't as much water as usual diluting the waste. Got any facts in your databanks for us, Nanabot? Of course. I am a well of watery wonderment. The longest any human has gone without a drink of water is 18 days. A man in Austria was left in a police cell by accident and they forgot he was there. He was only discovered after all that time. Gosh, what a lucky escape. There's no excuse for us to forget to drink water. Scientists think that most children don't drink enough, which is crazy given the number of taps in every house and bottles of water in lots of shops. So make sure you include water with every meal, especially at breakfast time, so that your brain's ready to start work when you are. Next on the help desk, we'll be finding out about how much water you should be drinking each day. See you then. Alex's Hydration Help Desk, with support from the Children's Health Fund. Find out more at funkidslive.com slash Let's get to your questions then. Uh, I've really been loving what we've done recently on the show, which is helping you be the star of the podcast. If you have any question that you want answered, anything at all about science, if you need me to do the digging for you, uh, get out a phone or tablet and record it as a voice memo, which you can send to us on the free Fun Kids app or at funkidslive.com. Just like Cameron. I have no more animals evolved with trunks. 
Thank you, Cameron. Amazing to hear from you. You need to remember that evolution isn't planned. It's not like an animal can see an elephant's trunk and say, well, that looks very handy. Maybe I'll grow myself one of those. That's not how it works. Elephant's trunks have evolved over millions of years, growing from elephant ancestors to the ones that we see roaming the plains today. Uh, perhaps these ancient creatures struggled to find water or food deep in the ground. But then one day their baby had a little trunk, which was a bit different, but really useful for helping them find water then that creature would have thrived over the others because it had more food. So that baby did very well. Then it had another baby who had maybe a longer trunk. And this process goes on and on and on over millions of years to the creatures that we see today. And other animals perhaps haven't got a trunk because they have other ways of thriving and finding food and water. Cameron, thank you for the question. Let's get another one. My name is William and I live in Orwell, and the country that I live in is England, and I want to know why is water so transparent? Thank you, William, for the question and for the very specific detail over the country you live in. I really enjoyed that. Now, water is transparent. We can see through it. Uh, remember, a beam of light, a single beam of light from the sun has every single colour in it. Now, when we see uh, a red wall, for instance... It's because the electrons in the wall, what makes it, absorb all the other colours in that beam of light, but not the red. It bounces the red back to us. It reflects it, which is why it looks red. That might be the same with the green grass. It might be the same with a black panther. Because what's making that sucks up all the other colours but bounces back what you can see. Now, water is transparent because it's colourless. All the colours in a beam of light pass through the electrons, pass through the particles. They don't reflect anything back, which means we can see all the way through it. William, thank you for the question. If there is something you would like answered next week on the show, if you'd like to be the star of the Science Weekly, get out a phone or tablet, borrow your mum or dad's, that's fine. Record a message with your question and send it to the free Fun Kids app or at funkidslive.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading. It's the Fun Kids Science Weekly. Now, get this. If someone smells like you, turns out you might be more likely to be friends with them. Why is that? We'll find out with Inbal Ravrabi, who joins us now. Inbal, thank you so much for being there. You're really very welcome. Thanks for inviting me. So just tell me, what, what made you look into people's smells and why we might find them comforting if they're quite like ours. Yeah, so the thing is that we tend to be highly similar to our friends in many different aspects. Uh, some of them are highly trivial, such as uh, personality, values, uh, and also visual appearance, uh, while some are less trivial, such as uh, our brain response when watching movies, and also our genetics. Given this and uh, what we know about the uh, uh, smelling ourselves and other it's not that trivial for us but actually uh, we smell ourselves always and we even sample our hands very frequently uh, when uh, scratching our face a bit 
uh, or things like that every few minutes. And we talk with others. Uh, we also do that. So we we um, talk in a distance uh, of a meter to half a meter, uh, which enable us to smell uh, subconsciously the body odor of the other person. And in addition, when we uh, shake hands, we tend to, to smell our hands afterwards. So this is quite puzzling. Why, why should we smell ourselves uh, in such amount and also others? What is the function of, of this um, behavior? So taken together, what we thought is that maybe we are similar to other, other mammals from rodents to non-human apes in, in that uh, we smell our own body odor and this serves as a template that we then um, compare to others' body odor. And if we are uh, more similar or less similar, uh, depends on the social context, it may influence our tendency um, to approach or avoid the other. It it's may have uh, some information about uh, this specific other, whether it's a friend or a foe. This must have been quite a strange test in Baal to figure out. How did you go through with it, testing how people smell and then how close we are to those people if they're like us. How did you test it? Yeah, so it was definitely a strange test. So what we did, uh, we asked people uh, to wear uh, 900 Couton t-shirts uh, for two consecutive nights. Uh, and this is how we collected their body odors. Um, so this was done uh, after taking a shower with unscented soap and also uh, avoiding eating things uh, that influence your body odor, such as garlic and onion, for the three days before and also these two days. So we had a lot of restrictions and of course we asked our participants to sleep alone. And this enabled us to collect their pure body odor. And then we did several tests. Uh, so first of all, we wanted to ask whether the body odor of uh, of uh, click friends, you know, these friends that you are, you have uh, this immediate chemistry with, is similar to to your body odor. So actually, the question here was, um, do we truly uh, have chemistry uh, with others? So what we did to test it was to to use a device which we call electronic nose. This is actually a device with uh, ten sensors, so it gives us ten signals. Uh, that we can then compare um, the, the signals of uh, one person to the signals of another person and see the similarity. Uh, and what we found is that there is indeed chemical similarity uh, in click friends' body odor more than uh, in people uh, which are not friends, in random people. Um, so we, then we ask ourselves, okay, but what about we humans? Can we also smell um, this similarity in click, uh, click friends' body odor? The main experiment that we did here was very simple. We just asked different participants, not the one who were friends, let's call them the smellers, to smell at a time two body odors, either of a pair of friends or a pair of random people. And what these people had to do is just to indicate how similar are these two body odors. It was on a, on a scale, so they had to move a bar from zero to 100. And what we found then is that uh, the body odor of click friends uh, was perceived as more similar than the body odor of random dads. So what we take out of it is that the body odor uh, of friends is uh, chemically more similar than the body odor of non-friends. And also uh, the way we humans perceive it is the same. Um, I mean, we also perceive it as more similar. Why would this be a thing? Like back back in the day when we were ancient and there weren't a lot of humans around, uh, why have we developed 
liking other people's company who smell similar why would that be helpful to us as humans yeah so i will i will answer you uh, our speculation uh, but lastly i would like to to tell about the last experiment where we took um total strangers and we asked them uh just to uh to donate their body odor and then to play the mirror game in which they were totally quiet and just had to move their hands as coordinately as possible and then to indicate whether they clicked or not, and also uh, how much uh, they liked each other, felt that they could reach the other, and other measures of uh, interaction quality. And what we then found is that by body order alone, we could uh, predict uh, their clicking in 71% uh, accuracy, meaning in a really, really good accuracy. Um, so it means that body order seemed to, to play a role in, in social interaction, in our tendency to become friends. Uh, and it was also related to many measures of the quality of interaction. Um, so why why would that happen? Um, so what we think is that uh, body order play a role in our tendency to become friends um, because it may also say something about our genetics. Um, so it's not what we tested in our experiment, uh, but other experiments uh, showed that there is a relationship between uh, body odor and our genetics, and especially the immune system. Um, and we know that people tend to be friends of others uh, who are genetically similar to them. Uh, but, but how do we know who is genetically similar to us? I mean, we don't really test it in, you know, you, you go to school and then you find uh, someone who is nice. You, you don't do any genetic testing, right? Um, but maybe our sense of smell help us here. Maybe we can pour our own body odor to others' body odor. Um, and this tells us subconsciously something about the genetic similarity and may uh, play a role or tune to a degree our tendency to become friends. N most people might wear a different smell, though, in bar. They might wear deodorant or a perfume or an aftershave. Surely that's just confusing uh, how we get on with people if we're meant to be friends with people who smell similar. Yeah, so you're definitely right. Uh, most of us uh, put something on top of our uh, natural body odor. Um, but actually, we can't delete our body odor. We can just add other components to it. So as you said, uh, we may put uh, deodorant or some perfumes, um, but it's kind of on top of our body odor uh, and not despite it. And actually, and I think it's really cool, um, a previous results found that people tend to um, to choose perfume which emphasize uh, some components of their natural body odor. Uh, so it means that maybe we we even make make them more prominent. Inbal Ravrabi, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. It's time for this week's Dangerous Down, where we look at the most mean and cruel, devastating things in the universe. This time, we're looking at the world's deadliest large land mammal. Now, I can't believe that we've not really spoken about this before, because it's a huge beast, and it might not be what you think. It's a hippopotamus. You find them in Africa, normally prowling around waterholes looking for food. They look big and blubbery, but you might think they wouldn't do that much damage. You're absolutely wrong because they weigh almost three tons. They can be heavier than cars. They can run at almost 30 miles an hour, almost as fast as a car can drive. They're much faster than humans can run. They've got these incredibly sharp teeth as well. They can crush anything. And the problem with the hippo, 
they are really aggressive. I've spoken to adventurers and explorers before. Ask them what creature do they are they terrified of more than anything else? They almost always say the hippo. They don't just chill out and let you go by. If a human comes too close to its watering hole, if they feel like you're threatening, they'll spare nothing. Racing their huge body towards you, teeth out, ready to stamp, to thrash, to chomp, and to squash with their mighty weight and force. Which is why the hippo pretty much goes straight to the top of our dangerous down list. We've got a brand new series on the show now for you. It's all about the sky and what flies through the sky. It's called Amy's Aviation. I'd love you to meet my good mate, Amy. She loves planes and how they stay in the air and the technology behind aviation. Have a listen to all the different kinds of planes and how they work. That's what this series is about this week. It's all about paper planes staying in the air. Amy's Aviation, with support from the Royal Aeronautical Society. Have you ever made a paper plane? They're brilliant fun, aren't they? And all you need is a piece of paper. It can be tricky to get them 100% right, though. Some are like darts and go for ages. Others, well, others just crash land on the carpet. My mates are always pretty impressed at mine, though. But that's because I take a few tips from real planes. Shall I show you my secrets? All right. Tip one is to make your plane aerodynamic. That's making it into a shape that travels smoothly through the air. I know what you're thinking. How on earth am I supposed to know what shape that is? Don't panic, it's easy to find out. What we need is a little experiment. Nah, we don't need anything like that. Just a bit of paper. First part of the experiment is to hold it up high, as high as you can, and then drop it. Watch how it falls downwards. See how it zigzags and swings as it floats downwards through the air. Now crumple the paper into a little ball. Squeeze it as hard as you can and make it as tiny as possible. Now drop it again. Three, two, one. Much quicker, wasn't it? You can't see the air, but you've just seen the effect it has on things. When something has a large surface area, like the piece of paper when it was flat, the air can press against it and slow it down. Screwing it up makes it more aerodynamic, and so it's able to move through the air more easily as it has less surface area on show. So when you're making a paper plane, think about how many surfaces it's got and whether that might slow it down. Which all reminds me of how you can win a very cheeky game against your mates. Here's how. Give your mates a piece of paper and say you challenge them to get the paper in the bin in one throw. Now they'll be throwing the sheet of paper loads of times as it flutters and sways about. When it's your turn, use your aerodynamic expertise to simply crumple it up into a ball and get it in first time. (laughs) On our quest to make the perfect paper plane, for the next tip we need some real planes. Paper planes are a lot like real planes. Okay, they don't have engines or fuselages. That's the bit the people and pilots sit in. But the same things keep them both up in the air. Look, here's a plane about to take off. It's going along the runway faster and faster. Can you see its wings are curved on top? This shape makes air flow faster over the top of the wing than it does underneath. And the faster the airflow, the lower its pressure. So, the pressure on top of the wing is lower than underneath. And the result is upward lift. And up and away goes our plane. So there's another tip. If you want to make your paper plane lift, you'll need some surfaces like wings on them. Now, wings come in all shapes and sizes. 
Wide flat ones, skinny ones like darts, so there's stacks to try out. To keep that lift under the wings, air has to keep moving over the wings. That means the plane has to keep going too. If it stops, any ideas what would happen? Yep, you got it. The plane's going down. We call the forward motion thrust. Real planes get it from their engines. Have you ever blown up a balloon and let it go without tying the end? It flies around the room like crazy, doesn't it? The air pushes the balloon around. That's thrust in action. Paper planes get thrust from your hand, so a tip for your paper plane is to give your plane a really good throw. You could experiment with balloons for thrust too. Now, I'm not saying your experiments will turn up the perfect plane first time, but real aircraft engineers test and refine their designs all the time. So take a tip from them and keep at it. You can find some designs to start you off on the Fun Kids website if you need a bit of help to get going. Looks like it's time for me to fly. Chuck's away. Amy's Aviation, with support from the Royal Aeronautical Society. Find out more about aviation at funkidslive.com forward slash aviation. And that is it for this week's Fun Kids Science Weekly. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you have a question that you would like answered, you need to leave it as a voice note for me, record it into a phone or tablet, send it to the free Fun Kids app, or upload it to funkidslive.com. If you've enjoyed the series that we've had today, Halux and Amy's Aviation, you can hear them and loads more on Apple, Google, Spotify, on the free Fun Kids app, or on our website. And Fun Kids, we are a children's radio station from the UK. Listen all over the country on your DAB digital radio, on that free Fun Kids app, and at funkidslive.com. I'll see you next week. Hello, everyone. I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading!